Hey everybody, welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Um, you know, it's funny, the other day um, I was realizing that when I do the intro, I don't mention the episode number, and I realized, I was like, why don't I do that? And then I was like, because we keep having so many other bonus episodes <laughs> that it keeps skewing the, our number of episodes, and so it's it's for the best that I don't do that, and it's fine. <laughs> It's funny if we never have, but no, we never have. I don't, and I don't know why. Um, I just intuitively knew that I shouldn't do that. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting, and now I'm thinking about it. And like other podcasts I've been on, we have, but like of the podcasts I listen to, like a bunch of them don't. Yeah. So I don't know. It, we don't have to. <laughs> I know. I think it's better if we don't because we're oh, having- no, for all the for what, for what you'd said, definitely because we because we're definitely going to do one for you know homecoming and we already had that plan. But like I could yeah. see us deciding to do one special one, even though we're going to wait to do season six until after it's it, until after we get to it. Like yeah. maybe one you know at, at the season finale. Yeah, I could see us doing. Yeah. But like we're we're very. I know us. We're capable of doing that. We weren't going to do every Marvel movie that came out before, but we are probably are. <laughs> <laughs> At least wrapping up this uh, this era. So definitely we'll we'll talk about Far From Home. Oh, anything that's going to have a, a S.H.I.E.L.D. connection. If, we, if we're going to get uh, your, your, your Kobe Smulders uh, appearance in, in whatever the next movie is after Spider-Man, yeah. we might see it. Yeah. But we, we might not. Or we, we, we probably will. We might not cover it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we'll, we'll we'll call that as we see them or, or as they come, I guess. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, I'm curious to see if the next Gal- uh Guardians of the As Guardians of the Galaxy, because <laughs> um, I feel like we could talk about that when it comes out, even though I'm not too keen on Guardians. Yeah, so conflicted right now. I know, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah. It's a big digression for sure. I want to be, I, I want to give people chances and stuff. And it does, like, I, I read uh, James Gunn's uh, newest, like, article where he kind of talked about it. And he was, like, as conciliatory as anyone could be. Like, he said, not only did he think that they, like, were within their rights in one of the, one of the fuller articles and interviews, he said, like, he thought that they, they made the right choice, like, he messed up. And like he really did take time to reflect this time, and like I, I don't know, like I haven't, I, I, I haven't had a problem with the way he's responded as much as the way people responded on his yes. behalf, like especially fans. Like I get his friends and coworkers like sticking up for him, but like fans acted like fans literally used the word witch hunt, and it's like whether or not you like the guy who called him out, like it was for stuff he actually did say. Like no, he didn't. Yeah do people did try to like conflate it and, and call him a pedophile or whatever and he's not he, he yeah. made stupid jokes but i don't know i think it's hard to just like the circumstances around that and like who actually dug up all of the right. dirt on him and like why that was done um because james gunn is so outspoken about like leftist politics i i like like, it, but we can be nuanced about this. Like James Gunn can still like have made mistakes and not, you know, he, he can still step aside to let new talent come in to direct big Marvel films. But also the circumstances around it could have been shitty. Like this is all of these things can be true. Yeah. And, and him owning up to his part in it makes me feel as good about it as I can. Like I don't like love the dude, but at the same time, I can't like hate him. You know, I don't know him as a human. So. Yeah, it's like all we ask for is like you acknowledge your mistakes and and learn from them. And it's like it's great. It seems like he has, but at the same time, like there's parts about Guardians One and Two that are so misogynist and racist, and I just can't get past that. Right. Yeah. We've talked a lot about it. We've we've talked a lot about the the choice to literally take two characters who are human in the in the comics and make them uh, aliens and have them portrayed by Asian actors and. Yeah. Like that's a choice. Gamora is an alien in the, in the in the comics, but Drax and Mantis aren't. And there's yeah. no re- like everyone talking about they have to do this because they're beholden to the comics. Like, oh, this is that way in the comics. It's like Drax is a, a saxophone playing. <laughs> 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 like he's, he's a jazz saxophonist named Arthur Douglas. 
Oh my god, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's killed in an explosion by Thanos, where Thanos comes to Earth and kills him, kidnaps his daughter because she has psychic potential. He thinks his daughter's dead. Uh, he's dead, but Thanos' dad, mentor, oh scoops god. up the dirt and shit around his bones, his charred, like, like oh Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru-style corpse, and makes a golem, and it makes a big, dumb, green, flying guy who can shoot energy out of his hands. Who's got a cape and wears like like one of those like night like but like a uh, like head uh, coverings that like is like a skin tight head covering, but doesn't co- it doesn't have a mask component at all. Just an opening in their head, you know. Uh, like, yeah. like that was his costume, and like he had a, open arms and like a partially exposed chest. That was Drax's original costume. This big golden belt that looked like a wrestling championship belt. And and buccaneer wow. boots and floppy buccaneer boots and everything everything he wore was purple. And the center of this big wrestling championship belt instead of WWF uh, was a skull. And he was Drax the Destroyer. That's wow. what he, and he was dumb and he was super dumb, like the Hulk and big and green and super strong. And that was his characteristic for years and years and years. Eventually, this this version of him was dying. It was in a battle with these characters called the Blood Brothers, these aliens. And he's literally his big, dumb, green corpse cracked open and a streetwise, angry version covered in the red markings that this version has now, who's kind of like olive green, like he's colored now instead of bright green like the Hulk, uh, came to be. And, and it was a really great comic. He was stranded back on Earth for the first time in years after being in space, trying to kill Thanos and wanted to go back into space to kill Thanos and teamed up with a little girl named Cammy, who ended up becoming... A recurring space character in Marvel, Mar- the Marvel Universe, and it's just a, a badass teenager who was a runaway in Alaska who came from a, a fucked up home life and was trying to run away from home and ended up befriending Drax and going into space. I wish you could see the look on my face right now because I am just dumbfounded. But but in this, he's an alien. Ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous comics are. But 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 just think about how that version of that character became. Yeah. I'm an alien who I'm. I only understand things literally unless I'm degrading women, and then I'm right. really great at metaphors. Yeah. Then all why? Of a sudden, why is fine? Yeah, whore yeah. and bitch. I got those. Uh, I got those at the ready. Yeah. What the hell? What the hell? <laughs> like it's so stupid, and people like applauded the the writing, like as being really smart, like because he doesn't ever say anything except for literally. It's like except for like how. How misogynist is our society that, that male reviewers can like not even notice that stuff? I know. That's so ridiculous. But yeah. So, so let's get to S.H.I.E.L.D., I guess. There's yeah. our, ten, our 10 minute uh, bashing of James Gunn while we're understanding of him. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's a comp- it's a complex situation and it's it's we're I'll let people feel how they feel. But also like I'm going to side eye you if you're like. James Gunn only for Guardians because of the way he's treated characters of color and women in the past movies. Um, yeah. No, agreed. <laughs> and like, I feel like Taika could do it. Like, and like, like that's, I appreciated that from a lot of people I knew who supported him and wanted him to come back and felt like he was the best voice. They still like at least admitted like, oh, Taika would do as good a job. Like, because like you get to be a, a liar, <laughs> lying to yourself, I think. Yeah. To feel otherwise. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, this oh, is wait, a S.H.I.E.L.D. First, podcast. First, before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. So be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and uh, their website, But Why Though Podcast.com. We're super proud to be a part of their community. Um, all right. This is season two, episode 19, titled The Dirty Half Dozen. And better title was, than maybe the last one. <laughs> yeah, frenemy of my enemy, which I mean it 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 was it made sense. Like that's fair, but this is this is pretty accurate too. <laughs> um so this episode was written by Brent Fletcher and Drew Z. Greenberg, who I believe uh Drew Z. Greenberg is he gets um executive producer credits on almost all the episodes now. Um which I just started noticing recently. <laughs> um, and then this episode was directed by Kevin Tantron, uh, originally aired April 28th, 2015. Which I had to mention in our, uh, before, before we recorded and 
even though we've already, you know, taken 10 minutes to not talk about the episode, <laughs> I do have to note that uh, this is one case of Hollywood nepotism where I can't complain because like they, everyone on the show has benefited from Hollywood nepotism. So it's yeah. like, why can't Marissa help out her brother since the executive producer, you know, and uh, name of the or, or founder of their production studio, Mutant Enemy, you know, is her husband's brother. <laughs> like, yeah. like, it's all very incestuous and whatever. They're all talented. So. I'm not going to yeah. complain. But I mean, like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the longest running Marvel show that has like the 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 leading cast is mostly people of color at this point. So oh, that's really nice, too. Um, I'm fine with this nepotism because it uh, they, they do good stuff. Well, you know, it's also hiring directors of color, which, you know, yeah. are fewer and, and farther between outside of uh, what? Luke Cage and Shield, and as far as Marvel goes, so far, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. we, we, we're getting better and better on the films as they go on, you know, with Ryan Coogler and with Taika and whatnot. But yeah, but yeah, that's out of how many films? Twenty-two, how many 22, <laughs> yeah. 20, twenty-two films. <laughs> twenty-two films. We got three movies that aren't by white dudes. And then, well, no, and one of them still is. Sorry, Captain Marvel is co-directed by a white dude. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Sorry, Oof, I misspoke. So got, one, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. God. Okay. Yeah. Back back to. Shield. Yeah. Let's back to Shield. Um, we could complain about the MCU stupid stuff all day. I know. We really could. We could make a whole show about this. Um, that'll that'll right. be one of our extra numbered episodes <laughs> where we just bitch about the MCU. <laughs> That'll be like the concluding episode at the very end of season seven. We're like, all right, we love S.H.I.E.L.D., but we got to bitch about all of this shit. <laughs> First off, why weren't our characters in the movie? <laughs> God, that is so evergreen. God. Oh, I'll never I'll never get over that. Um, never. <laughs> no, and it, I think I feel like I would have. But but for Jarvis. Yeah. And and what the fuck? We're talking if, about Endgame. If you're confused and you haven't seen it yet, which <laughs> what the fuck are you no, doing seriously, if if you haven't seen Endgame yet and you haven't listened to this, bravo! Like either you really like us or you really like Shield. Either way, uh, I respect it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm, I guess I'm sorry, but I, we, we, <laughs> yeah, assumed, we assumed you watched Endgame. <laughs> Okay, so this episode starts off with um, Raina is dreaming, um, and we see images of Gordon. He has a cut on his forehead, and Lincoln is laying unconscious somewhere. And um, she wakes up, and Chiang is standing there, and Raina's like all freaked out. She's like, Are you watching me sleep? And Chiang's like, Oh no, I heard you calling out. Like, <laughs> Raina is so disturbed by her. It's really funny. <laughs> um, and Raina's like, Oh, I just, these dreams, I can't make sense of them. And um Jiang's like I think at this point too they haven't told her what her gift is so she doesn't realize that these dreams are premonitions she just thinks they're dreams um and so uh Jiang asks you know like tell me about your dream and she's like oh I saw you know Lincoln as a hostage or whatever and then um Gordon shows up with Cal and Sky and she has to go deal with that and so she leaves and Cal is very angry and yelling at her in front of everybody and everybody's watching and um, he's like trying to make it all about him and Sky's like dude like chill like Lincoln is not here where is he he's missing um, and um, Jiang is like hey Gordon can you go try to find him and so he he goes and he comes back and he has the cut on his forehead and um, he's like Hydra has him and I barely got away. And then Raina is watching all of this and she realizes that her dreams are not just dreams. And so she finally realizes what her gift is. And oh boy, <laughs> here we go. Um, so uh, if you'll remember from last episode, Coulson turned himself into Bobby and Mac. And so Coulson is in the interrogation room and Gonzalez is there with him and they're chatting. And Coulson is like, look, um, I need your help. Uh, we need to go after Hydra. And he lists out like, you know, they have a base in the Arctic. Like they're they're They have power people there. They're experimenting on them. Like I have a guy on the inside and Gonzalez is very skeptical. <laughs> and he's like, 
look, I don't know why I feel like, like, why do you think I should trust you? Like this, this is, this doesn't sound like a great plan. This plan kind of sucks. And, and Coulson's like, look, um, I'll open up Fury's box if you help me with this. And he's like, and you're kind of one to talk about secrets because you have a big secret in the bottom of your ship. And Gonzalez is like, how did you know about that? <laughs> um, that's in Fury's box. Um, which I feel like this is the first time that this was mentioned other than was this mentioned in the other episodes when we're doing like flashbacks? Do you remember the secret? The secret? Yeah. I don't think it was. I don't remember it before. I th- feel like this was the beginning of it, right? Okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess this is the first time we're hearing about it. I always like remembered it, but I it feels I like we didn't talk about mentioned. it in the other episodes, right? So, so. Yeah. Okay, so this is the first time that this secret that's in the cargo hold of Gonzalez's ship is mentioned. That's crazy. Um, and it's, like, so huge. <laughs> like, um, anyway, so we go back to Afterlife, and Jane doesn't want to go after Lincoln. And Sky is upset, and she's like, look. Um, and Sky's like, look, they're going to torture him. And Jane's like, yeah, I know. I'm fully aware of what Hydra is capable of. I have lived it. Um, I remember all of it and it's kind of like oh sorry but um she's like we can't risk going after him it's going to risk the safety of our people and lincoln wouldn't want us to go after him either so i'm really sorry but we can't do it um and we go to see lincoln and mike that are they're in these cells which they're able to talk to each other through the wall these like concrete walls and so mike is awake and he's been assessing the situation and all his all his um his upgrades have been disabled um, and Lincoln's like, what do we do? And Mike's like, well, we're going to have to figure this out on our own. And Lincoln's like, well, my people aren't going to come after me. And Mike's like, well, my people might actually be stupid enough to try. So we should, we should, we should try to figure this out. Um, And this is the episode where we find out that Dr. List wants to use the, he wants to experiment on these two people, Lincoln and Mike um, to see how they can recreate people with powers because Mike is kind of like the control. Like he's the one who has been given powers by man and Lincoln is the one who has been given powers by nature. And so they want to see the difference between the two of them and see if they can recreate it, which, Oh God, Hydra as usual world it's domination. Not, and like, like for people, shit. for people who want to distance themselves from their Nazi roots, they really seem to be acting a lot like Nazis. Right. <laughs> oh man. Um, so back on the bus, Coulson explains his plan to Gonzalez and he's just like, this sounds awful, but whatever, I'm going to listen. And then, um, we go to the Quinjet where Hunter, Fitz, 33 and Ward are, are there like waiting for Coulson to, you know, give them the go ahead or not. And, um, basically Coulson is going to, um, send a team, a small team to the Arctic to go and take the base and like get everybody out. And then... All will be well, whatever. <laughs> so cool. So Hunter, meanwhile, Hunter and Fitz are sitting in the the back of the Quinjet, and Hunter's like, "Oh, I'm like nauseous. I'm sick to my stomach." And Fitz is like, "Oh, you know, like, well, you'll be okay. Like, we'll get you fixed up." And Hunter's like, "No, it's not my wound. Like, that's fine. It's watching those two, and they're watching a 33 and Ward like chat in the in the cockpit about how like." I don't know. It's so gross. Like Ward's like, I'll teach you how to fly. And she's like, no, I want to go on vacation. And then they're just like, oh, it's so gross. I can't, I can't. Anyway, um, uh, Colson calls and he gives them the green light to go. So they're going to go over, you know, meet and meet with, um, with meet with the bus and everybody's going to get together and it's going to be a great party. Not, um, <laughs> so they dock with the bus and they go to, they go to the playground, the base and um everybody gets off the ship and may is so not happy about ward being there she's like i think gonzalez says something like you will be escorted by guards at all times and may's like yeah and they're not going to hesitate to shoot you in the head if you try anything like oh and then ward has this line like 33 he's like don't worry may's a lot like she warms up to you after whatever i don't know what his line is but it's really like the connotation is super creepy and gross and implies that they've had a sexual relationship oh no he said something he says something about like oh is it something about everybody uh has their uh coping mechanisms or something and he says like i think i was yours right (laughs) like to to agent may but it is in front of uh everybody else it's just like what 
Like, like come on, so man. Bad. Like, that wouldn't be cool if you guys got along. Like, I, I, I mean, for some people, but, but like, I don't know, man. No, no, thank you, Ward. <laughs> no, so gross. Um, so anyway, like the everybody's in Colson's office and they have to put this to a vote. And so um uh Weaver and I forget the other agent's name, they vote no because they think it's too dangerous. Um uh Gonzalez votes yes, Bobby votes yes, and then May is the deciding vote, and she's like, I need to talk to Colson in private first before I vote. <laughs> she is not happy. Um we go to uh, Fitz and Gemma and they're like discussing 33 and Ward. And it's funny because it's like the two of them are having like, you know, they're having their romantic issues and their friendship issues. And then they're watching this couple that's like, whatever that is. And Simmons line of whatever that is, it's not love and truer words have not been spoken. <laughs> and then it's funny because Fitz goes off and he starts bragging about how he attacked Ward on the, <laughs> on the clinch. And he's like, yeah, Hunter and Coulson had to hold me back. And he's just like trying to be super macho in front of Gemma. And she's like eating it up. And she's like, really? That's great. And so Gemma pulls out the splinter bombs from the beginning of the season that like disintegrate everybody. And she's like, formulates this plan plan to take Ward out and Fitz is like you're not serious are you and she's like oh no I'm serious like dude what is going on she's like super cutthroat let's change um so May and Colson are talking and May's like yeah you kept me out of the loop on all this shit and he's like yeah because you're not director and she's like well you're not director either <laughs> And she's like, okay, the one thing that actually really bothered her was that he was talking to Andrew behind her back and that's personal and that's not okay. And he explains, he's like, I was seeing Andrew as a patient because I needed to talk to somebody about my alien carvings and he's the only like therapist I could talk to about something like this. And he's like, look, I'm really sorry and I will apologize at length after we go rescue everybody and save the day. And May concedes because she... She loves Colson deep down and she knows that he is trying to do the right thing. <laughs> but oh my God, I just, I love it when May is mad at Colson because it's like <laughs> mom and dad are fighting and he knows he's in the doghouse, but like he'll do anything to like make her happy again. <laughs> but he also has a job to do. I don't know. It's cute. Um, so um, Raina realizes that, um, I mean, she already realized that her dreams are actually prophecy. And um, she tells, I think she tells Gordon. I didn't write this down. I forget who she tells, but she basically says that Sky is the only one that can save Lincoln. I think Gor Sky is asking Gordon to take her to go get Lincoln. And, and Gordon's like, no, we can't. It's too dangerous. And Raina is like, no, you're the only one that can save him. I've seen it. Like, he's like locked somewhere. And she's like, and also, um, she's like, the one part of the dream I don't understand is that like Colson and Ward are working together. And Sky's like, oh, um, I, I saw them together in Milwaukee, but I didn't tell anybody. And so she realizes that. Raina is seeing the future. Um, Ward decides to leave Kara behind on the playground, um, which that's all I wrote down. So that's all I'm going to say for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Simmons wants to go on this mission, and we know why she wants to go on it because she wants to kill Ward, and she has this crazy plan to do so. And Colson's like, "Are you sure?" And she's like, "Look, she she presents this very good argument of like you need somebody that's familiar with um, Mike's um, anatomy to to help him with his injuries. You don't know what kind of shape he's going to be in when we get there." And so Colson's like, "All right, suit up," and so she goes. And everyone starts walking onto the bus, and it's the old team. It's Ward, May, Fitz, Simmons, and Coulson. And then Sky shows up. So Gordon does decide to drop her off on the bus. And so it's the old team again. And Ward's like all excited. He's like, hey, we got the old team back together. And it's, oh my God, it's, it's so, so uncomfortable. And so weird because it's like kind of exciting, but you're also like, no, not like this. <laughs> Can't we just erase the whole like last like season and a half of what happened and have this back, but not like this. Ugh. So they go up to, uh, and they're all on the bus too, which is just like, oh, dude, like this is really back to square one, kind of. So they're up like in the lobby area of the bus, and they're all around like that table thing. Colson's like, I can't believe I'm asking this, but Ward, why don't you debrief us on what's going on with Hydra? And so Ward starts talking, and. 
everyone is just like staring daggers at him. He turns around. He's like, okay, let's just get this out of the way. Like, you know, I went through a lot as a kid and, you know, I'm sorry for everything that happened. But like, he's like, you know, I had a lot of trauma and it's so funny because everyone just like rails on him. Like May's like, yeah, all of us have our traumas, but it didn't turn any of us into psychopaths. (laughs) And then Ward starts talking about how what he regrets the most is that he screwed up this family and like of all the decisions that he made, like this is the one that he is the most sorry about. And it's just so delusional because like that decision influenced like all of his behavior, like the fact that he threw Gemma and Fitz into the ocean and he was like not his true self the entire time he was with them. It's like he was never, this was never a team. This was never a family because he, his behavior didn't allow that. And oh my God, he's just like, he's so delusional that he thinks that this is, this is a good time for everybody. (laughs) Like he's having a great time because he misses this, but this was never a thing to begin with, like because of him. And it's funny because like right after this guy's like, I'm so happy I shot you. And everyone's like, yeah, I would shoot you again. Yeah. In the head. Like (laughs) just like super like, Oh my God. And then Colson is like, like, guys, I know this is super weird. I'm really sorry, but we have to make the best of this. And he's like, Ward, no more talking to people. Like, just just don't. <laughs> like, oh my God, it's so uncomfortable. I hate it. I hate it so much. But I'm glad that they addressed this in this scene that this was weird because it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. And we hate Ward. We do. And like, and he just he wallows in that in this moment like he's he he's like hey everybody hate me (laughs) yeah it's like but i'm sorry but not really (laughs) like but you guys hate me oh god um so uh the next scene is jaying and cal are walking through afterlife and they're chatting and cal's apologizing he's like i'm really sorry like i know what you were trying to do and um I, I, Jai, it seems like Jaying is just trying to be a nice person, but really she's trying to get information about Reina because we see them looking at Reina and Reina's talking to everybody and obviously gaining influence um, with everyone because of her gift. And Jaying asks, like, what what do you know about her? And Kel's like, oh, she's super manipulative um, and ambitious, so you got to watch out for her. <laughs> so here's Jaying being uh, a little two-faced again. It's really sad how much she uses Cal to, like, I don't know, just get what she wants. Like, But Cal uses other people, too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and it doesn't make it okay, but I don't know. I just feel like she uses, like, obviously she knows Cal is still in love with her, and so she uses that to, like, oh, here, go find our daughter, and here, help me, like, you know, figure out what's going on with this other inhuman person to, you know, manipulate them. I don't know. It just, I don't like it. I wanted to like Jaying, and I don't. <laughs> no, and... Without spoiling much, it doesn't go better. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't. Um, so um, we go back to the playground and Hunter and Mac are hanging out. And Mac actually apologizes to Hunter. And he's like, I'm really sorry. Um, this is not how I wanted things to go. And Hunter's like, no, dude, I forgive you. It's fine. And it, this moment is so sweet because it's really nice to see like male friendships be able to have a a level of vulnerability that these two have in this moment and just like talking their feelings out and not having this stupid, like toxic masculinity, like permeated throughout these relationships and having competition and anger and resentment. Like they just like, they're like, it's cool, dude. Like we're fine now. (laughs) It's just, I love how shield has these friendships, like, like throughout all of the seasons of just just dudes being good dudes and without all the stupid shit that normally like a television show like this a spy show an action show a comic book show would have that element to it and this just doesn't and it's so nice agreed um <laughs> i know you have feelings about that for sure but um no i think that. i think i don't know i think you uh you put it really well um so after this, the plan starts coming together. So they're flying the bus cloaked to the Arctic so they can infiltrate the base and they sacrifice the bus so that they can pretend that the Quinjet is debris falling from the bus. So 
Hydra destroys the bus and it's really sad. <laughs> like I was like really sad when I realized that's what was happening. Um, I was like, oh my God. But it's also super symbolic because it's like, okay, this was like the home base of this team and that team is no longer in existence anymore. And so like it is destroyed. Like <laughs> that team is gone forever and their home and like where they connected is gone now too. And it's like, dude, that was deep. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a great representation of that that uh, loss. Yeah. yeah, but it was still sad. I was like, oh, so many good times on this on this plane. Um, so they infiltrate the base and List escapes. They find Mike, um, and then Fitz, May, and Coulson have to get to the mainframe to turn off the like um, the missile defense system so that the rest of the real shield can bomb the base. Um, and Sky goes to find Lincoln and he's in surgery. And oh my God, this action scene is amazing. It's like one of those like streamlined scenes. So it's not cut at all. It's just the camera following her around the room as she's kicking ass. Oh my God. And she's like so badass. Like this, whole, I can only imagine how much like work it took to get this scene perfect, but it paid off because it was so good. Um, and so she gets to Lincoln and um, she has to restart his heart. And she like the words that Raina said to her, like, Sky is the only one that can save Lincoln, like come back to her. And she's like, OK, like it has to be something to do with my powers. And so his heart starts back up and he's going to be OK. Um, and then we go to Simmons and she's talking to Ward and we know what she wants to do. But then Bakshi runs in and she throws the disc thing at Bakshi and gets dusted uh, before she can she can kill ward and then ward walks up to her and is like wow you've changed simmons i'm disappointed in you which oh my god and he has a gun pointed to her and then he just like takes the gun away and walks away this scene upset me so much <laughs> like, i hate ward <laughs> i hate ward so much like everything in that scene just like her like to act like her anger was not justified and that like he deserved that and just to be like i'm really disappointed in you like like he had the moral high ground in that case in any case no Ugh. it's it like you said earlier or maybe the last episode but he's delusional <laughs> he's so delusional oh, and he just keeps showing it over and over again and honestly brett dalton does such a good job with this character i hate that he's such a good actor and he does such a good job with Ward because I hate Ward, but also like he's so compelling and so interesting and we can't stop talking about him. Like, yeah, no, there's a, there's some, there was some convention this weekend that Sebastian Stan and Brett Dalton and this dude, uh, Ricky Whittle from American gods were all at, and they, I kept seeing them on social media, just like hanging out and like being goofballs together and doing like Q and A's and stuff. And like, they are like he is like like he's charming and likable on his own and he's a, he's a good actor like so he still has that charisma even though he's an asshole who you hate on every level so he's still compelling it's like yeah. it, it, on some level it's like people i think not myself and i don't think you either but people i know who like i know like follow trump still on like twitter or whatnot like yeah. it's like they have to watch the train wreck and i feel like that's what his character <laughs> is sort of where it's like you don't want to look away you want to follow the story because it is compelling and well well executed but at the same time it just makes you mad that you're doing it and it's happening <laughs> yeah it's like some part some self-loathing part of me can't look away <laughs> Like, I have to see what happens. And I hate it because he's awful. Stupid, um, stupid Brett Dalton. <laughs> I know. Um, so they, they're able to turn off the missile defenses. And Coulson has his own little mission. He's, like, hacking into one of the computers. And May is pissed. She's like, what are you doing? That's not part of the mission. She's like, or was it? And then some Hydra agents walk in and she shoots them without even, like, looking over. And she's like, you're next if you don't hurry up. And he's like, okay, I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> like oh i love i love their dynamic so much it's so funny um so they get um they uh they get back to i guess they get up in the air and then um shield bombs the hydra base and ward calls colson and he's like you know i decided to make my escape before you know i got my my brain erased or my memory erased didn't didn't sound like a good plan and colson's like yeah i get it and he's like look i'm leaving 
Kara there, Agent 33 there, because she deserves, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. was her life and she deserves to try to find some peace with that. And he's like, and I can't help her. Um, I've tried and I can't. And I know that you guys can do the right thing. And he has this line of some people just don't deserve forgiveness, but she does. And it's a very like, it's such a noble moment. Like you almost like feel like, oh, wow, Ward is actually doing the right thing. And it's it's a weird moment. And it just makes me hate him even more because because reasons. We'll get to that. In because reasons. <laughs> But anyway, so he seems like he's doing this great thing, but um, it's it's it has ulterior motives as usual from him. So anyway, um, we go to Bobby and Gonzalez, and uh, Gonzalez's plan becomes clear. He wanted all the power people on this base so that he could have them under the same roof. And um, uh, Bobby is like, this was your plan. That's why you agreed to it. And he's like, yeah. And then Coulson drops in and he's like, oh. He, he kind of drops the line that Fury is still alive. He's going to want his box back. And then Maria Hill calls and he's like, oh, I got to take this. I'll talk to you guys later. And he walks away. <laughs> and, and and Gonzalez and Bobby are just kind of standing there dumbfounded. Like, what just happened? Like, Fury is still alive and Coulson is still on speaking terms with Maria Hill. What's going on? Um, the next scene is, is Reyna. Um, Jain confronts Reyna and is like, look, you're your powers um, are dangerous and you manipulated Sky into going after Lincoln and now Lincoln and her are with S.H.I.E.L.D. and any any decisions made about your powers now have to go through me. And Raina kind of has this like, who put you in charge moment? And then all of a sudden she starts having a vision, which this scene is weird. So she, and this is, I feel like this was like shoehorned in just to connect um, this, the show with Age of Ultron that is, coming out after this and so Raina's vision is of Loki's scepter and she talks about how these like men made of metal are going to destroy the world and everything's going to be changed everything's going to be changed and um this is our lead into Age of Ultron and um Coulson uh what he was the information that he was getting from the Hydra base was on Loki's scepter and so they found it it's in Sokovia um and they're gonna issue Theta Protocol it's ready to go and it's time to call the Avengers um and that's the episode (laughs) it's also the big Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, connection (laughs) yeah they mentioned the Avengers there's also mention basically of the Maximovs of uh Scarlet, uh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver mm-hmm. uh, in relation to the research on uh, the Hydra, Hydra's been doing on uh, what's called Loki's staff. So there's mm-hmm. a couple of those, but no yeah, comments, and then I think it's mentioned. I know. It's mentioned, too, that List, uh, obviously, he escaped the base and he's going to go be with Strucker right. in Sokovia, which we, I mean, we, if you'll remember from the film, he gets, everybody gets killed. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that's the end of Dr. List. <laughs> Had a good run, man. <laughs> good evil run. And I think, is this the last one before? I think because the, it was like, we have to call the Avengers. I think this, and then the next week, Avengers came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next the next episode of S.H.I.E.L.D., like we, we see the fallout from Ultron. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, so, sort of. Not, yeah. not, not really, but a little. Yeah. Um, let's talk about spoilers. So spoiler section time, because I want to talk about the conversation that Ward has with Coulson, because I know you haven't watched ahead, but I have. Right. Well, I mean, I, I, I have, but <laughs> yeah, only yeah. the once. I mean, like right, recently. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so Ward has this really like, it, it seems like it's almost a redeeming moment for him. Like he's talking about like, yeah, like I don't deserve forgiveness, but Kara does. And really, this is all just a part of his big plan to, like, have Kara, like, infiltrate them and, like, have this weird subplot where they, like, like, he wants Kara to get closure about what happened with her and Bobby. And it's just, like, fucking weird. And I don't like this subplot at all. I was going to say, I think, isn't there even lines in it, in, in this one, I think, where she mentions, like, well, you're, you know, she, because she, she talks about how she's not shield anymore that part of her life is over a bunch and he keeps on talking about like you gotta get it back you're gonna you're gonna reclaim that part of your life that hydra took and there's a lot of like down on hydra stuff 
It's about mm-hmm. how they're not Hydra. And the fact that they like said like, we're not Hydra. It just made me think like, then why was that episode called love in the time of Hydra about you guys? Right. Like, you know, you're not Hydra. <laughs> we knew it. Yeah. If you like, maybe the writers didn't, but then how do the characters they're writing? No, <laughs> it doesn't make any I sense. Know. It just, it just sure highlighted is. how bad that episode title was. Yeah. I know for sure. Also, I didn't mention this, but there's a scene with Bobby in 33 where, where 33 is getting like blood taken and stuff. And there, and Bobby's like, look, we just want to make sure they didn't mess with your body as well as your mind. And Bobby's like, um, I don't know if you remember, but we did meet a few times like back at shield. And if you ever need anything, come to me, like, I'm happy to help. And it just like, that leads into the next couple episodes of like what happens between 33 and Ward and Bobby. And like, I don't know if you remember, but Bobby's like tortured and it's like this really gross. I just don't like this part of this season. And I think that's, I'm happy that it's ending (laughs) that we're going to be finished talking about it soon because just the way that this season ends, there's a lot about it that bothers me. Um, and I particularly don't like that subplot with Bobby and and Ward and 33, like Ward trying to get 33 to like find some closure with Bobby, like turned her into Hydra or whatever um, to like to be brainwashed and stuff. And it's just gross. And I'm not I'm not excited to talk about it like next episode. So be prepared. <laughs> I'm going to be like angry. <laughs> Oh, let's see what else. Um, I feel like, okay, so at the very end of this, how like Raina just like, they just like kind of shoehorn in that she has a vision. It's very convenient that she has this power to see into the future. And so like, okay, we get a glimpse of like what's going to happen in Age of Ultron. But it didn't feel like any other part of this episode was leading up to that. So it just felt really strange. (laughs) I don't know if you felt the same way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I don't know. We we've made very clear how we feel about the how the MCU and Agents of Shield has is connected or is not connected <laughs> very well. Um and I think this episode just highlights even more so like how it 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 felt like an afterthought, right? Like just the way yes. the way it was, like call the Avengers episode end. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like like it should have been cooler than it was. Yeah, I should have. I don't even know what it, how to accomplish that, but just like ending with a shot that wouldn't be in the movie, but like, I, do you know what I mean? Like connecting it yeah. a little bit more, just showing the backs of like. Of like Thor and like Iron Man like landing, yeah, like, like in Sokovia. Yeah, it'd be yeah. so freaking amazing. It'd be, it'd be, I know. It, it would really drive it all home. But instead, it's just it, it 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 does drive home the disconnect, the fact that it's like not in name only yet where it is now, maybe, but just yeah, it's not significant. Yeah, I think um, the difference is that Ward's arc and Garrett's arc was so intimately connected to the events of winter soldier yes and that, and samuel jackson <laughs> yeah like i feel like um that because that was something that was building over the over the entire first season and this is something that's kind of like not as connected to any of our main characters and so that's why it feels really like just an afterthought right they literally in the previous episode had to pull bakshi out of a trunk like <laughs> he's so disconnected from what's going yeah. going on it's like oh what about this guy you forgot yeah. we had like, him didn't you <laughs> like, yeah like- <laughs> and then like the fact like dr list is involved or whatever but i mean like i didn't even remember that he was in age of ultron like until no we talked i about we it. had to, i had to look it up i like yeah because you you reminded me that he was like a previously established character I'm like all oh, right what <laughs> yeah well, and I, I I didn't realize that he was established in Age of Ultron. I thought that he was just a S.H.I.E.L.D. character that was mentioned in Endgame. And then we were like, oh, no, he actually is in the MCU. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, But yeah, it's not like he was someone that, like, if you're watching the show, you would have seen in Ultron and been like, oh, yeah, like, he's in S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, like, I don't know, maybe. I know I didn't when I saw Ultron. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I remember him from the show. Right, I was like, oh, he was just in that last week, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 well, I yeah. wasn't watching it 
or and I didn't see yeah. that one in the theater. He just looks like a typical like evil Hydra old white dude. Like he doesn't when he's, he's not he's like not significant at all in the movie. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know, but yeah, I do think the difference is that like. I mean, Coulson is like moderately tied into the plot of Ultron because the helicarriers do come and that was like they had a protocol, but also like Coulson wasn't in the movie. Like, you know, like. Yeah, and, no, right. <laughs> and it was just this one character and there's no big twist. Like there's no fallout really. Like he, this just happens and then everything's fine. I don't know. <sighs> Can you just like put shield characters in the MCU, please? Like, yeah, that's all <laughs> we're that's all we're asking for. <laughs> just, just Daisy somewhere, May somewhere, Yo Yo somewhere. Honestly, like, at this point, like, uh, so frustrated. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I'm trying to think of a way that they could put them in Far From Home. Like, because <laughs> obviously, well, and the fact that Fury and Maria Hill go, it seems like they're going to Peter Parker because they need someone that's powered and no one else is available. Like, Iron Man's gone, Cap's gone, like, Thor's off in space. Right. Right? Well, I mean, there's but definitely other people. What about S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and there's definitely other people available. Like, like it seems yeah, like, <laughs> like, like spoilers for the Far From Home trailer, let's assume that Nick Fury is on the level and that also Mysterio is on the level and that there are other dimensions bleeding into our yeah. world. Given everything that we know, why aren't they calling Doctor Strange? Who's actually right? dealt with other dimensions a bunch already in his first movie. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and his like, you know, reality manipulation ability. I don't know. Right? Like, doesn't that make no sense? Part of yeah. me is assuming because Mysterio is, uh, I think I mentioned this before when we talked about it a little bit in a previous episode, but I'm not sure. But in, in the comics, Mysterio is a uh, Quint- Quentin Beck, a former special effects artist, and it's just like a liar. Like his whole shtick is it's all <laughs> yeah. fake. None of it's real. So, but there's also, the, there's rumors of a character that's appearing, and I guess what guy has been said to be playing a character named Dimitri in Far From Home uh, be a character uh, who is also called the Chameleon, who wears a mask and can basically change his uh, appearance to look like and sound like anyone. It's a perfect mm-hmm. mimic. Uh, the theory that I've heard some people posit, it's not, not my own, I can't I can't remember where it came from first, but it's just Quint, uh, Quentin Beck is full of shit. Uh, Mysterio is a liar. Uh, he's not from another dimension. All of it is bullshit. And uh, the reason why Nick Fury is falling for it and, and why they're recruiting him and not Doctor Strange is because it's not Nick Fury. It is his compatriot. It is the chameleon posing as Nick Fury. Ooh. So it would mean that. That's crazy. So it would mean that like <laughs> Maria Hill and Peter are being tricked. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. Oh, that makes me sad. It would be kind of cool though for a twist to have Samuel Jackson come out and like shoot Samuel Jackson in the face or something and be like, right? like I'm <laughs> surprise, I'm me. And you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> Like, oh, there's there's two Samuel Jacksons. You know he would love shooting that. I don't I I don't I just have no idea. Cre- I don't want to give Marvel enough credit to do something like to be, that. To be like, that good of a twist? Because that'd be a really yeah. good twist. Cause like everyone sees the Mysterio one coming, but like mm-hmm. Nick Fury not being Nick Fury, like it's classic soap opera comic book shit. Like it would not be out of the realm of possibility, or and like no one would have a right to be like, that's crazy. Like, like you'd be yeah. like, that eh, makes sense. <laughs> but <laughs> like, especially after Winter was it Winter Soldier? No, it's Age of Ultron, right? No, I can't remember now. I, I did my marathon too quickly. Uh, the the one where they introduce <laughs> Black Widow as face mask stuff. Uh, it, is, uh, it, is, Winter it is Winter Soldier. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if when they have that, you know, why? Yeah. Why not have it be a fake Nick Fury? I know that's so true. That I, like I, that sounds really cool, and I would love that. But like I said, I don't. I don't think they'll do it. <laughs> it could also explain why he'd shoot Ned and let him fall over, and like and call call Spider Man a bitch and shit. Like all that's this true. stuff. Would, I mean, not that he wouldn't, but it all just <laughs> sounds a lot more plausible. It, like anyone who had any doubts, like why would the bad guy have any problem doing that? So yeah, this is true. That's my uh, off the wall Spider Man theory for oh yeah spoilers for Spider Man Far From Home if you're avoiding that 
rewind the episode and forget. <laughs> it's speculation. It's not. It's not spoilers. <laughs> True, but but there are a little bit of spoilers for the trailer. But but if you're gonna go see the movie and you're avoiding the trailer completely, then like good for you. But I can't. We're, I can't. I'm not responsible for that. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not gonna take. We'll put it in the show notes. We'll put it in the show notes. Description will say "Far from Home" spoilers or or trailer spoilers, because like I don't know, like I I do definitely get that not everyone seeks it out, but it just feels like when they attach, you know, the next time on at the end of an episode or something, you should be okay with seeing that material, you know. (laughs) But there are some people who who aren't. Yeah, um, Billy, boyfriend of the pod avoided all last jedi trailers i don't know how but he did that's impressive man like (laughs) i didn't seek him out really like other than the one at celebration but yeah uh, yeah he uh, every time i tried to show him a trailer he's like no i don't want to see it i want to go in completely blind i was like wow you're crazy that's hard to do but he did it definitely (laughs) is but uh good, good good for him i know so there are people out there like that i don't know if people are as serious about that kind of stuff with spider-man but who knows i mean that people are crazy about spider-man <laughs> so i'm sure people like that exist i'm not gonna put it past oh I, I love all the people who are like there are people who literally think that there's even the possibility of like that the into the spider-verse version of miles will now just like pop into the mcu because of the multiple dimensions but yeah. it's like he's voiced by a dude who's like like did you guys watch the get down like, yeah. like, like, like that guy's <laughs> never gonna be a tiny, skinny Afro Latino kid. Like, yeah. he's a full grown yeah. man, very good looking, very good shape, could play a superhero, but is not, cannot play Miles Morales, believably. Like, unless Miles yeah. grows like 12 years in overnight and his mom is no longer Puerto Rican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Oh, I'm reading something on the Wikipedia about the filming of Sky's fight scene. Sorry, oh, no, this, this is, is not on topic at all. Um, so the Wikipedia article says that um, Tantron and Mullins, I don't know who Mullins is. Oh, fight choreographer Matt Mullins. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> it's like literally the sentence right before it. <laughs> Her good old friend Mullins. <laughs> so Tantron and Mullins conceived the idea um, basically that this scene would be filmed in a single sequence. Um, and they got the idea from the way that they they had to, they wanted to top the May versus May fight and face my enemy, which is May and 33, but 33 is wearing May's face. So they wanted to figure out a, a way to do that. And so um, they because so this says because the series production doesn't build sets till a couple days before the shoot or even the day before the shoot sometimes even the morning of the shoot the stunt team was not able to coordinate with the art department and set decor set decorators decorators yeah decorators in the construction of the set so the fight sequence had to be slightly reconfigured the day of the shoot to fit the set um so that's pretty crazy that's definitely that's impressive yeah because it was some pretty good, pretty good fight stuff this uh, this episode. This when the action was really good. Yeah, and then so at the very end, um, the shot took four takes to get it right, which I feel like is that's pretty good. That doesn't seem that scene was... preposterous at all for, for yeah, that. yeah. Um, and uh, Chloe Bennett broke her arm Oof. during the filming of the final take, and then had to carry out the rest of her fight scenes for the season with this injury. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's crazy. No, that's that's pretty impressive. Good for her. Damn, Chloe Bennett's a boss. Yeah, I mean, I'm all I'm not all about that like capitalism life, like fight through your injuries and your depression and your fatigue to get the well, job and done. But you'd think that it was a fortunate coincidence, you know? I mean, because it wasn't some it was something that had already been established in the comics from her second appearance, I think or third appearance or whatever, but the uh, arm bracer things, her, uh, right. her device, you know, you know, like the fact that they're, they're going to, again, we're already in the spoiler section, you're going to upgrade those to like, not just help contain it, but to like direct it, not necessarily amplify yeah. it, but to like just point her powers easier. And she, uh, so, so they become like more high tech braces, but you'd think like it, in a way it might be easier to 
to cover up a cast with that than it yeah. would be like yeah uh, for sure well i'm sure she had like a removable soft cast um probably until the end of filming yeah for the rest um, of the season yeah man that's that is that is very impressive though like in knowing too that she's not one of our least favorite real people if we feel like him <laughs> about him like we feel about ward she's not going out yeah. of her way tom cruise style to be like i do all my own stunts we've seen pictures of her with her stunt lady she's just yeah uh, you know, she 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 just was doing a scene where she didn't have to have a stunt person, where she was doing some of some of the action and got injured. Yeah, because something went wrong. Yeah. Not, well, I'm going to put myself at risk every time so people can praise me, even though it's got to cost insane insurance amounts and takes jobs away from stunt coordinators and stunt performers who actually know what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I I heard a podcast where people were like gushing over him, and it was so frustrating because there are people there are people I really enjoy, but they were just like going on and on about Tom Cruise. And at one point, they were they, like they were complimenting him because he like refused to do the the training he was supposed to for something in the newest Mission Impossible. They were like, "Oh no, they, you're not supposed to be able to do it unless you do the six week program." But he did the same amount of hours in one week, and he just he just like did like three sessions a day. It's like He's, so he did a shortcut. It's like, this is not, I, I don't find that impressive. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's dangerous. Like, there's a reason why. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why you have to have that stuff spaced out in training of anything. It's because like your brain needs time to rest. It's like, he's not, you can't just be so stubborn that you're more of an, a, than, than a human or more than like your health. Like, Scientology is not real, guys. <laughs> you can't. You can't just think. It's not mind over matter. Yeah, you can't just think your <laughs> like, way through everything. Like you can't just Tom yeah. Tom Cruise your way through it. You can't fake run your way through every problem. Oh my god! <laughs> That's- oh my god! The running is so good. It's so funny. Like after like Billy, me and Billy watched the most recent um, Mission Impossible that just came out. I can't remember which one, what it's called, but there's a scene where literally he's just like running for like. 10 minutes like a top on top of these buildings i haven't seen mission impossible in so long yeah because the only the only tom cruise movie i've seen like in years i feel like is uh the one with emily blunt that has three names uh all you need is kill live die repeat and edge of tomorrow i think i don't know i try not to watch his movies <laughs> but but the one where he, he dies and comes back to life over and over and over again and plays like a cocky asshole who like is like smug and shouldn't have his job and has all this power and authority he shouldn't have mm-hmm. and like Emily Blunt calls him on it like immediately like Good. it feels like like it was designed like between that and him just literally dying like a hundred times on screen I felt like wait was this made for me as a guy who hates Tom Cruise <laughs> to be like the Tom Cruise movie to sell to me oh like God. huh That's so but it was like, like I actually enjoyed it because like I, I like I, I I'm trying to remember. Oh, Collateral. Um, I think was that David Mamet. I think, and it was him and um, Jamie Jamie Fox. Mm-hmm. I, I remember seeing that and thinking like he's really good in this. Like he does because he actually didn't feel like every other movie I've ever seen him in. Where he just has the same cocky smile yeah. or whatever. And I remember watching the behind the scenes and like David Mamet is insane and like spent like like a month with each cast member, including like Jada Pinkett who had like a bit part. Mm-hmm. Like his bar- she's in like seven minutes of the movie but he spent like a month with her like taking her like not just to where her character grew up but to like where her parent her character's parents grew oh, up and like giving her like all these uh, giving like all these intense backstories and we're like like watching this behind the scenes making of thing and like him and tom cruise were talking about it. he's like i just really wanted him to get to know who vincent was like the, <laughs> the name of the character he was playing it's just like like this is awesome like but then like it's also like is it even his like is it even him or jamie fox is like do they get the credit? Yeah. Like no other director does this. Yeah. No other writer does this to them. And that's, and it's like their best performances. Like maybe, maybe it has nothing to do with them. Like maybe anyone could do it if they had this guy in their ear. Yeah. Maybe. Like, um, I don't know, but that's my, that's, that's my weird unwillingness to even give Tom Cruise credit for the good acting. Yeah. <laughs> for when I, when I enjoy him in a movie, I'm still not willing to give him real credit. I know it's the director. It's not him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it's a coincidence that he's in this movie. Yeah. It could have been anybody. Like, yeah. I think I'm just most bitter that they did a remake of my favorite movie ever. The oh yes. Mummy, the mummy. And fucking Tom Cruise is in it. And it's like, dude, like of all people, 
I saw someone who I think who just saw the mummy recently, like like and had never seen it before. The the nineteen ninety nine one. Yeah, oh. but but it was like right after you had rewatched it, and I, several people have been because uh, because did it have an anniversary? Is it right? Yeah, it was its twentieth anniversary recently. Yeah, and so it was on TV and and on streaming and stuff, and everyone was talking about it. Yeah. But uh, that's a great that's a great movie. I absolutely uh, when I was I think. You know, I would have been not quite 17. I would have been 16. And I took photos in an issue, I think, of like an entertainment weekly that my brother had, but took the one about the mummy to show the guy at the barber, Brendan Fraser's haircut. <laughs> Oh my god like that one that haircut it's like the late 90s haircut like leonardo dicaprio had it it was the floppy hair it was short in the back and on the side like like, honestly it's not that different different than people's hair is is a lot of the time now it's not really like worn like it was always like like, differently yeah yeah yeah, it'd be styled very very differently but but it wouldn't necessarily be cut that differently that's really it's weird how like like (laughs) Like there was a character, the '90s version of Superboy had like a really extreme haircut, like undercut, mm-hmm. where it was like the top of his hair was like Superman's, with like a spit curl and like like parted on the side and a little bit of length, but like the sides and back were completely shaved. And it was very much like punk or whatever, yeah. like in the '90s. And there was a period of time it felt like for like 15 years where it was just preposterous. It was like the character had it for way longer than he should have, and <laughs> the character disappeared after that. And when he came back, his hair was different. But it's like and now he's they they brought him back after being gone for the last like seven or so years, and he's with back with the original haircut. I'm like, well, now it works again. <laughs> like now like like undercuts or like like really like totally super in style. Yeah. yeah, like 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 now he looks cool. Yeah, like it was just it's. it's it's interesting how that that uh you know it, cycle of uh, of, of popular styles goes, and it just feels like right now more than ever before, and it's been building like from like the late nineties, but like you can just wear anything. Yeah, like, you could dress like like you're in the twenties, like you're a hippie from the sixties, yeah. or like or like I've most I've I pretty much like decided to dress like uh, the Beastie Boys in the. Uh, which video was it? The so what you want video, whichever one where they're in the where they're in the woods. Yes. Maybe it's the sure shot video. But they're all just wearing like jeans and, and fitting t shirts. And everyone else I knew, even if they were like really like racist and anti hip hop, all dressed like rappers. Everyone else I knew in like the nineties, yeah. In, in at least in Phoenix, it was like all the only clothes that were available. It felt like, yep. And I went out of my way to like kind of just I wore pants that fit right and shirts that fit well and <laughs> and. And eventually, it became in style again. <laughs> actually, oh. like people started dressing like that, and but but no, it feels like you can dress like anything. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like it's, I feel really weird when I see a lot of like teenage girls wearing those um, those tattoo chokers that we used to wear, like when we were in middle school and high school. Like that weirds me out because I'm like, those are like the cheapest, like weirdest things for anyone to ever come up with in their back. Like, I don't understand that at all. It's like, it is weird. Every once in a while, everyone wears vests. That always weirds me out. I'm like, we weren't all wearing vests a week ago (laughs) and now we are. Why? Why is this happening? Oh my God. All right. Hobbs is pooping. So I think that's our cue to stop. (laughs) Yeah. that's, That's, that's how we know. Yeah. Um, so where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> people can find me at i snow nothing uh at this point my account is mostly a ducktales fan account <laughs> and darkwing duck uh, um it's so good everyone should watch the new ducktales it's really really good i'll have to uh david Tennant. if you guys like doctor who oh, really he's uh he's scrooge and he gets to do his real scottish accent so it's awesome oh my god i didn't realize that oh yeah i need to watch it for sure it's like the only thing where he gets to do a scottish accent i've ever seen him in, i think um who else is in it the cast is insane like it's it's just a bunch of really good people um you, you know um the guy who yeah. played john ralphio uh in parks and rec ben schwartz he's one of the voices and uh he's one. he's he's huey oh no, no he's not oh huey. he's uh he's dewey <laughs> huey is uh danny pooty from uh yeah oh, perfect and yeah. and bobby moynihan is is louie so th- those are the triplets and they're hilarious kate mccucci uh who's one part of uh, uh garfunkel yeah. and oats she's the 
weird looking one quote unquote <laughs> like the she always plays like the awkward strange lady and she's the comedian yeah. as the ukulele Web-a-gil. she uh <laughs> is webby and she's amazing and uh yeah and uh, from snl um beck bennett does launchpad and he's like replaced mm-hmm. the original launchpad my, launchpad in my head at this point he's so funny and he just like uh there's one episode where he goes like through he's listing all the women and and uh sentient energy beings and clone of himself yeah. that he's dated like he's going through all of his like like relationships but he like has dated a clone of himself and storkules oh their version of hercules <laughs> is in love with donald like like he's don like he's like donald is oblivious to it and and is just annoyed by him and thinks he's like an That's old friend funny. who likes him more than he likes him but he is like insanely in love with donald it's you know it's he he stays with him for oh one episode he has a box labeled donald fan art <laughs> like he has to, he draws pictures of donald it's it's amazing and he's this, this yeah, giant yeah, yeah. literal like greek god like he's a demigod <laughs> and he's in love with donald duck it's really funny and weird but uh yes i highly recommend ducktales it's funny for adults and for kids and uh so Better than much better than the original, even though I love the original. But it's like actually, actually holds up, which none of that old stuff does. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it, but it doesn't. <laughs> where can people find you? Where you talk about lots of things that aren't ducktail? Yeah, uh, you can find me at Space Chess with four S's in the Jess on all the things. You can find the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail This cat is so stinky. We're I will go. let you take care of that. Um, thank you all for listening. <laughs> it's a magical, funky place. We'll catch you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh my god, I'm dying right now. I'm sorry. <laughs>